Soho where you drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola. See you She asked me to dance I asked her her name And in a dark brown voice She said Lola Hello, hello, Lola La, 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 Lola Well, I'm not the world's most physical guy Watch the squeeze me tight She nearly broke my spine Welcome everybody to the Bolt from the Blue podcast. And um, that was an interesting game, wasn't it? Down oh, at the I seaside. Do like be beside the seaside. Oh, I do like to be beside the sea. Come on, Bernard, join in with me. And we, 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 we have one guy who was obviously watching it on TV, yeah, where, whereas another one actually went there. I'm still, I'm still knackered now. <laughs> All right, so let's talk to Ray first of all. So, Ray, um, how did you watch the game? I had to watch it on TV because, uh, um, you know, I've, I don't know if I've got as many points as Bernard, but I, I, I stopped going to most away games. Uh, you you've got more than me. Probably, not possibly. I mean, but... You're to a totally honest, plastic, Ray, aren't you? You're plastic. plastic. <laughs> I do go to... Uh, uh, still got my season card. I do go to home games, and I will go to the other away game if I can get a ticket. When, when can you get your stop? When can you get your Istanbul ticket? That'll tell us how many points you've got. This, uh, I've got to wait. I've got to wait till Tuesday at ten a.m. Well, uh, you're on the you're on the cup scheme. No. Oh this well, you're back there, mate. The, the, no, the suggest, the suggesting he won't even get to normal season card. Well, to be honest, I'll be honest. We're, we're going to talk about that, but I, I, I was I've been on all the cup schemes for for donkey's years or whenever since I since I could be or, or since to give points on them. Um, but this is the first year I dropped the um, Champions League or the UEFA, you know, the European Cup scheme. This is the first season I dropped it, and then obviously we get to the final. If we hadn't, if I'd still been on the scheme, yeah, I'd have got, I'd have got my ticket. Uh, it wouldn't be, wouldn't have been a problem. I will, I will actually tell. I'm not going to tell you exactly when because you think. I just wonder how many people are on the uh, Champions League Cup scheme. If we had Colin on, he might have an idea. I don't know, but uh, how many, how many thousands are on it? Let me go to the, it says buy now. Uh, see, the thing is actually, look, being on the cup scheme is great. If you've got, if you, look, somebody in their first season is a season card holder or, you know, maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah you get a benefit. Yeah. And you're on the cup scheme, um, you know, uh, you can you can benefit from it. I'm just looking at the, the ticket information. This is a problem with loyalty team schemes. As soon as you actually say in your personal life, you hit, you at times where you can't go and stuff like you might have been going regular for years and years or and whatever, and it yeah. just you know and for reasons beyond people's control they might have to drop out for a, a years and in that space of time you lose all all the benefits and you lose out. Yeah, uh, I, I would have, when when you could have you must have been able to buy them on Monday. What's that? You would have been able to buy your ticket. You can buy your ticket. No, but I've only got eight thousand, so I'm I'm stuck till Tuesday now. Right, but on the cup scheme. All right, I've got more than you. I'd have bought mine on yeah. Monday. Um, yeah. But to be honest, and I've, I've said it before, look, I dropped out of the scheme because 
I wasn't going to that many games. I was just paying for a ticket. And then you, if you could sell them on the exchange yeah. last year, I think you can sell them now. But anyway, last year, if you could sell them on the exchange, I'd have stayed on the cup scheme. Um, but I just thought, I'm not going to games. It's really difficult with my work. Uh, and the away games I dropped because of the work. Um, you know, In fact, that weekend, I'm in L- London. I'm, I'm working at a big uh, county show um, that weekend. So I think I'm I'm working from one till nine every day. It's a long, long days, late finishes. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and sneak off at eight uh, on the Champions League final day and watch the game or at least watch it on my phone uh, whilst I'm doing my last uh, set. But work is work, you know. Everybody's got a, well, a real... Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let, 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 let's just stop there and um, ask uh, Bernard to help people out to understand how it works when you're um, a normal Manchester City supporter with the whole uh, uh, ticketing thing. Because um, it's been years, guys, it's been years since me and my dad used to like um, take the Lawrence Strunner ferry over uh, across the main road. And so I've only really been um, at uh, uh, the Etihad like... Once or twice, once with once with, with was with Ray, and so I don't really understand how the ticketing thing works and how you're rewarded uh, for tickets by having been a city supporter for like years and years. So, uh, Bernard, so how how does it work basically? Well, they stop the loyalty tick point scheme. Apart from obviously you renew your season card and you go on the cup scheme, you get an extra three hundred points. So there is. There is that element, but you can't used to get it for going to away games, uh, doing various things, and now they don't do that anymore. So literally, the guys who've got, I don't know, some back, some, uh, I think the most is probably up to the late 20, 29,000 yeah. loyalty points, something like that, yeah, is the highest anyone's ever got. It's going to be very difficult to increase that because it's it's very hard now to get extra loyalty points. So them, them guys are set in stone, those guys with that sort of, total are set in stone. You can become a member, of course. By becoming a member, you do available to try and buy tickets for home games, but it, it's incredibly difficult for cup games or away games because you do need those loyalty points. It's as simple as that. I mean, I, I've got 8,000 loyalty points, which sounds okay, but if I hadn't uh, got a ticket off a guy who's got 20,000, I've, I've been to 12 away games this season, including uh, Wembley and and, New, and uh Leicester at the start of the season of Community Shield. Of those 12 games, I think I would have been able to go to about three if it had just been based on my loyalty points. So I wouldn't have been able to go to hardly any. Uh, and that's what it's like. So what, once you've got those points, you're fine. But now you can't really do it. You can get a season card and go on the cup schemes and you do get the benefit. Of course, uh, you'll get ahead of anyone else who doesn't go on a cup scheme, even if they've got 30,000 points. It doesn't matter. You'll get you'll get first you'll get first pick because you're on you paid for the cup scheme. So there are ways around it, and that that'll upset people. My, my lad's got the same points as me, but he's not on the cup scheme, so he he's struggled to, on a couple of games where I got tickets. I've had to wait for him to get his to try and be in the same like Wembley in the FA Cup semi final. Uh, he's, he's near me, fortunately, but he had to wait a few, wait a few days longer than, than I did, of course. But uh, it, it is possible. But if you've been there and you've been going all over the years, in, in theory, uh, quite rightly, you, you do get first choice still on, on all the big the big games. What One thing I will say, I don't want to bang on about it because we haven't got long, have we? Uh, the problem with the Brighton game and what annoyed me, and I did go on Twitter about it and found a lot of support, the odd, the odd comment, 
was that a lot of people didn't turn up. It was as simple as that. A lot of people bought the tickets of Brighton thinking there's going to be something on the game. And at 30 quid, they said, sod it, I'm not bothered now. We won the league, I don't want to go. I literally had about 50 or 60 empty seats around me. And what annoys me is if that had gone, if I hadn't got it off my friend who's got 20,000 loyalty points, I wouldn't have been able to go. It wouldn't have got down to my level. But people just didn't turn up now. Yes, we've got the cost of Wembley and we've got the cost of Europe, but there should be a way for these guys, who these loyal fans, who suddenly decide they're not going to go to this one. Uh, for other City fans like myself, as I said, I wouldn't have got one apart from my mate getting me one, uh, to actually exchange those tickets, and there's no way of doing that at the moment, I don't think. People have said they went on Twitter and they couldn't flog, they couldn't get rid of the tickets, but I go on Twitter a lot. I didn't see many people offering Brighton tickets. I didn't see it at all. So uh, I accept some people probably tried, but because um, a lot of City fans would have gone to that. A lot of City fans perhaps aren't going to Istanbul or going, and they might have fancied going to Brighton. But even myself with 8,000 points, I wouldn't have been out. I would have missed out. And it's such a shame a lot of, people, a lot of City fans didn't turn up. So, so uh, Ray, is, is that the way that it works? If, if you don't have a sufficient number of points, if you wanted to go to a game like this one against Brighton, you'd have to basically just um, hope that you had uh, a mate that would yeah, flog your it. ticket that wasn't going. It's the supporters clubs as well. I believe, I believe yeah. I've, obviously, the guy on the coach, it's a, I got an official supporters club's coach, so you listen to him talking, and you've got supporters clubs asking for 80 tickets for, say, this Brighton game. And when it comes to the crunch, they only use 50 of them. So there's 30 gone to waste because, some, oh, no, I don't want this now. They've changed their mind. So supporters clubs are actually part, not part of the problem, because, you know, I think there's a scheme at the moment where we should should take the best bits of it. Of course, if Colin was here, he'd probably tell us a bit more about this. But we should be able to take the best of this loyalty thing and update it a little way, a little bit, so we can improve it. At the moment, no one seems to be bothered about it. Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, problem with the sports scheme, uh, with the uh, sports clubs, is people are getting tickets and they're not season card holders. So I was a member of a sports club until uh, last year. And I remember going on the coach with one lad. He's about 17, 18, 19 years old, whatever. He said he's never had a season card. But he's going to loads of away games. And, I, you know, that's not fair. That's not fair. As simple as. Okay? Now, I remember, I've told this story before, when I went to a game, I think it was at New Newport. Okay? Um, we had whatever allocation. I ended up with two tickets that day because... Uh, Sometimes I made a bit of noise. I made a bit of noise saying this was not fair. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of stuff. Um, in the days when I had a, a, a little bit of a reach on, on Twitter, and lo and behold, Kevin Parker, he, he contacted me and said, oh, I'll, I'll give you a ticket. I got a ticket from another source, but I suddenly ended up with two. Anyway, I went down with the, uh, the official sports club. On, uh, no, actually, it was a different game, sorry. It might have been uh, the Swansea one. It was the same season we did the Swansea one, sorry. The, the new part, I had two tickets. The Swansea one, um, we were going down and on, on the sports uh, 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 coach and they said the club had sent them tickets, more tickets. This, and they said, we don't want them. We've got no, we can't get rid of them. See, the club, if you've got a few hundred tickets to get rid of two or three days before a match, Easy to give them to a sports club because you can give 20, 30, 40 tickets to a, a handful of clubs, the tickets are gone. To go down and do that with uh, fans, it's a lot more admin and all that. So supporters clubs got tickets that they couldn't get rid of. 
So on the coach side, I'm sure one said they had 30, 35, 40 tickets or whatever it was that they couldn't get rid of. I said, hang on. People couldn't go to that game. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of fans who would have loved to have gone to that game. Was it fourth round of the FA Cup or whatever? They'd have loved to have gone. They couldn't go because there were no tickets. One of the problems is what the club do, they give the tickets first go to um, corporate. They'll get an allocation for the uh, players and the you know staff and their families. Okay, Then you get the allocation to the sports club. That Newport game, it was not until Monday, the game was on Saturday, it was not until the Monday that the fans could buy tickets, the season card holders could buy tickets. That's wrong. You know, you're leaving it so late, so people got to get on with their lives and they're thinking, what's you know, are we going to get a ticket or not? Especially the ones who were high on the um, on the points know they're going to get a ticket. The ones who are on the borderline, okay, like I was, I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I, you know, hold out for this? I hope that I get it, but you know, four or five days beforehand, it's not giving me much time to plan my life. So there's a there's a problem there. There's a problem with the way tickets. And, and Bernard said, you know, unless you were getting them, you know, if you're on eight or nine thousand points. Unless you uh, are getting them from somebody else, you, you you won't be going to games. And so I would, you know, come back pre-COVID, I would go to about half the away games. Okay. But as Bernard said, there's, a, there's, there's some good stuff there, but I believe there's a lot of poorly managed stuff. You know, the 18 to 25 is getting 5% allocation above anybody else. Hang on. You know, what about your older fans? Why don't you, you know, and I said, I've said it on this pod, if you're going to give the 18 to 25 group some uh, tickets, why don't you give the LGBT 5%? Why don't you give the over 65s 5%? Why don't you give black and Asian members 5% of tickets? It, see, if they'd done that and said, we'll give the black and Asian members 5% of tickets, okay, and nobody else is going to get anything uh, ring-fenced, but black and Asians are going to get 5%. Imagine without going down a different tack, but imagine the uproar. Imagine the uproar that would have been okay. But to give 18 to 25 year olds um, um, priority, there's no uproar, and that's no wrong. And I and I, I I say it. I just look at the what's what's been going on over the last few years, and I say it's unfair. And until and I said it many many times. Until if if you're benefiting from a system. Hey, most people are going to say, yeah, I'm benefiting. I'm not going to say, I'll keep your mouth shut. But as soon as you don't benefit, then you just start jumping. Yeah, well, hang on, mate. You didn't care about your, your fellow fan. When the system was benefiting you or it didn't affect you, you didn't bother. You didn't bother saying mm-hmm. that. And now it's affecting you. You're saying So now you're getting fans who are jumping up and down and say it's not fair. Well, I said this four, four years ago, pre-COVID, I said this. The systems are not fair and it needs something needs to be done. And nobody, honestly, I got very little traction. People... We're not interested. The clubs certainly were interested, and fan groups were interested because hey, they're benefiting. That's no, right. Last thing I'm going to say. Sorry for the champ. Was it the Champions League final or something or, or the semi-final where people are struggling for tickets? Um, and was it, was it two or four fans from Greece or something from an official sports club or something? They just wrote to Kevin Park and he, he, he sorted them out tickets. Hang, hang on, how does that work? All the season card holders who can't get to, to the game. Desperate to go, can't go, and somebody just on a whim wrote to you know contact Kevin Parker and he passed them on some tickets. You know, this is not meant to be a, a thing about, uh, against Kevin, but where does he get the tickets from? To be able to just hand them out left, right, center to whoever he wants. He, he, you know, as I said, he passed one to me, and I think that was just to keep me quiet, and it, it worked because I, <laughs> <once I got laughs> I was quiet. But then I'm, I'm, I'm vocal again, but 
no one's interested. Um, and it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. Look, we, we chatted for 15 minutes about this. That's probably time, you know, the, uh, probably this is a better off as a separate pod uh, rather than anything else. But maybe we get back. Oh, to all right. Well, that as interesting as that was, let me go to Bernard and ask Bernard three questions. Now, it's very difficult if you ask three questions to someone like um, Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden because they can't remember. But I'm going to try anyway. So, um, Bernard, question number one, is there a special contingent of tickets for expatriate Irishmen? Number two, did you get down there to uh, Brighton? And number three, did you meet the gingerwig when you were done? <laughs> uh, first, first one, no. Um, second one, yes. And third one, I saw him in the distance, but there's a big mob of people between us. So I thought, I had a pie in me and I'm not going to risk spilling it going over to try and chat to him. So I did see him from a distance, but uh, I didn't have, didn't have a chance to, uh, to have a word with the old gingerwig. Okay, Bernard. So, how was the atmosphere down there? Um, not not the greatest away game, uh, fan wise. As I say, all right, it was a bit fuller in the middle of the away end, but uh, atmosphere wise, no, it was one of the poorest I've been to as far as the city fans. Uh, I just I just thought it was pretty. You know, you thought I was expecting to. Well, I was singing most of the game. Don't get me wrong. I was doing it. You know, probably on my own. I felt a bit of an idiot next to the home fans who were about two meters away from me because I was right in the corner. But uh, yeah, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't as lively, perhaps, as sometimes. And I think that sort of says a lot for a lot of the a lot of sort of uh, the spaces that were in the place. Uh, Brighton were fine. Their fans were okay. They're, they're quite loud for about 10 seconds with a song and then you just literally die. You know, that's it. It sort of picks up and then all, you don't, they don't bounce it out for five, 10 minutes at a time. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a good game, but yeah, the atmosphere was a bit, bit, bit lax. I thought for, for one of the worst I've been to this season anyway. All right, Ray, let's take a look at the, the, the lineup. Okay. Now, this was, in my view, unnecessarily strong, but that's just my opinion. Here we go. We had Ortega, Kyle Walker, Johnny Stones, Rodrigo, Rico Lewis, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Bernardo, Mares, Foden, and Holland. That was a very strong team yeah. for what was not, not um, the kind of game that you would look uh, at that for no, I, I, I disagree, Mike. I, I disagree. Um, I think. And I mean, did, what, I mean did, did we need to? Did we need to like swamp Brighton? I mean, was there any purpose in that at all? Yeah, because there's many things, many purposes. One, you got to keep the players ticking over. Okay, you can't just. They, they're not like taps where you can turn them off. And say right, I tell you what, we'll wrap you up in cotton wool for two weeks, and then you can, um, you can play. So I think players will be rested. A lot more will be rested um, against Brentford. But there's lots of things. Pep will talk. Well, he talks about the integrity of the competition. But um, you know, you'd have put a full, a full team out uh, if that was the case. But you've got to rest some players. But you've got to keep others ticking over. Some players uh, might need to be playing regularly to keep them match fit and, and, and keep their form. Others like Harland. Harland needs to get into form, so maybe he needs to play to get actually get into form. And what, I, as I said, what I don't want to do is rest your place for the last week of the season, and then a, another week is for the FA Cup final. So they've been off for two weeks. You know, you've got them ticking over. 
So I, I disagree. And also the thing is, we, we were, we're on great momentum. We won 11 Premier League games on the bounce. I actually wanted to win the last two, finish with 13 at the end of the season. If we'd got hammered, that whatever anybody says, it will knock confidence. It knocks momentum. And it also gives us a wake-up call. That game against Brighton, they absolutely battered us. And anybody who was complacent thinking we just have to turn up against Man United will win. We just have to turn up against Inter will win. Um, they've got they've had a <coughs> excuse me, they've had to rethink, and they know you've got to turn up in every game. You've got to not be complacent. So I think for for a myriad of reasons, I was quite pleased with the side. It's a bit stronger than I expected, but I was pleased that he he did put out a, a, a very strong side. Um, because Brighton are a very good team and we just didn't, you know, you don't want to get beat 3-0, 4-0 before the last game of the season in the cup final. You just want, you want to go in there with a little bit of momentum. So I, I'm quite happy with that side. So what, what are your thoughts, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, what interests me was the bench. Uh, if you look at, obviously look at the bench that we had out there, uh, I'll just read it out here. I've got it here. All right, Edison, Phillips, Alvarez, fair enough. Gomez, okay, borderline. Charles O'Reilly, Palmer, okay, Robertson and Knight. I mean, it was obviously Pep saying um, we had niggles and some of the guys were well. Uh, I mean, uh, was, Bernard, was, uh, Bernard uh, who are Charles and Knight and Robertson exactly? I've heard the name. I've heard the names. I mean, Ray might know a bit more than me. I, I have seen them appear in a cup, cup uh, bench. Never you know, heard of these guys. Yeah, so I mean, it, but this is because half the team was still pissed from, from last week. Half the team was still pissed from Sunday. So, I mean, where's the professionalism in that? I mean, I'm sorry, we've got a treble to go for. I don't want... Pep seemed very magnanimous about, you know, we celebrate, blah, blah, blah. I, I think that's totally wrong. Celebrate after you've won two or three trophies. Don't, yeah. You know, for God's sake, don't go celebrate on that Sunday when we were... Yeah, have a, have a little baby sham or something on the Sunday. But I, I wanted everyone in training, wind, you know, on the, the next day. Or have the day off, but make sure you don't, you know, none of you I, took alcohol. God I, think they, I think that Bernard's right. You've got to find a happy medium. And yeah. Pep to come out and say they were bladdered, um, I think it was too much. But the, the guys you're talking about, okay. Um, ben Knight. Ray, Ray, just before you continue, let me hit you with some names and uh, test you out, okay? Charles, O'Reilly, Robertson, and Knight. Do you know? Anything about these guys? Um, okay, Ben Knight. If if is, if he, I guess it was Ben Knight. He's a kid. He joined from. Uh, I do know about Ben Knight because I I, I did uh, some uh, reporting back in 2018. He joined from Ipswich in 2018. Um, he was on loan a couple of seasons to go at Crew Alexandra. I don't really think he did much there. Um, and he was a very very exciting talent when he came from Ipswich. But you look at it and think. You know, Ben Knight's 20, he's going to be 21 next month. I'm, I'm, I was actually surprised he's still there because I'm thinking after four years at City, if you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. It's probably too late for him. So Ben Knight's, I think basically Ben Knight plays in midfield. Okay, So you've got the kid Shea Charles. Now, I think he, play, he, he can play um, defence on midfield. Okay. Um, so he... He's a lot, local boy, apparently. Local boy, come to the academy. He's been at City for... He's, he's almost 19, so he's been here for about 10 years. Um, but I don't, don't really uh, know too much 
Right, him and who were the other guys? I, I don't remember. Who, who uh, Charles and uh, sorry, well, O'Reilly. Doesn't ring a bell, O'Reilly. Um, and who else? Robertson. 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 I've heard the name, but I don't. Uh, Alex Robertson. So he's another English kid. Um, he's another kid who's twenty years old. He, he's a midfielder. Uh, he's been here for about three or four years. The honest truth is, I don't watch the EDS anymore. I used to. I used to watch it last season or season before. Uh, I don't watch it anymore. Um, I just haven't got the time. So I, I'm afraid I can't tell you much more than that. Well, there you are, guys. And uh, we were coming up against um, quite a good team. Uh, in Brighton, I'm just looking across their team list. I'm not going to go through it one by one, but uh, you're talking about people like uh, Pascal Gross, uh, Danny Welbeck, uh, that very exciting Japanese player, uh, Mitomo. You've got Kaishedo in there. Uh, you've got Enchizo, in, in, in who we learned about quite a lot in this game. And then a couple of other guys like uh, like. Estupian and, and Buonanotte. But those guys, they've been operating at the upper level of the Premier League for most of the season. They, they were, they've been beating teams that, that, that they weren't expected to beat. They've been quite competitive. They're up there. And they give us a bit of a chasing, uh, Bernard. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think they play as a team. I think uh, Deserby's got them playing as a as a unit, uh, that team was four changes to the, the team that beat Southampton previously. Uh, obviously, the big big miss was uh, McAllister, of course, who's who's been linked with uh, clubs, including City. So, I mean, that wasn't actually their strongest team, but it wasn't far sure. It was still a strong team, as ours was still a strong team, allowing for players having, you know, having Lewis playing left-back and Stone, Stones, Stones playing... Uh, who was it? Who else was playing? Oh, Rodri. Rodri playing centre. I mean, good grief. What the hell's going on? But, you know, uh, Brighton, no, and I think they play as a unit. They, they play some cracking football. We saw it again. I mean, we saw it last season. We beat them 4-1, believe it or not, last season uh, at their place. But they, they actually they did the same last year. They, they were far better than us for most, for, for certainly part and most parts of that game last season and for parts of this season because Deserbers got them playing as, as a unit and in fact as a team we, we looked very disjointed in this game as opposed to Brighton who certainly with, with the changes uh, carried on carried on regardless uh, with uh, we talk about keeping on keep momentum uh, theirs has been a bit up and down but uh, yeah they, they had it and we sort of didn't I don't think well, Ray, they do have a good manager in Deserby, and uh, we got the um, we got the uh, proverbial uh, guard of honour. I don't know what you think about those, whether they're merited or not. But uh, yeah, well, let's we hear your opinion. Well, we won the league, so it's merited. I have no problem with that. Show, show your respect. Uh, doff your cap to the champions. No problems. What the fans think, stand up for the champions. So uh, I have no problem with that. I'm going to say about Deserby. Pep's obviously sung his praises, blowing smoke up his backside during the week in his press conference, um, saying he's one of the most influential managers in the last 20 years. And people are saying, nah, get away with it. <laughs> oh, no, no. But just like Pep. Well, Pep says that about Sam Allardyce. I won't worry too much about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's more of a kick up the backside. Than <laughs> but look at the way Pep improves players, and it's Pep's system. That makes you know. I've said it before. That Fabian Delft looked uh, more than competent at, when he was at City playing at left back. He went to Everton, and the fans hate him. 
because he's rubbish. Um, and De Zerbi, he can get a lot out of players from his system. And I, I'll mention one name. I was watching the highlights this morning. Mention one name to you. A player that I thought, you know, Brighton have messed up getting him. Danny Welbeck. Oh, come on. Who would have thought Danny Welbeck could put in that kind of performance, that cohesive, like Benetis' cohesive unit, the system, the formation that, that Brighton play, that Danny Welbeck can shine? You know, it, it, it's, it's cra- it sounds crazy to me. What I'm, you know, after what he's been doing over the last few seasons, and suddenly this season he's an integral part of the of, of the of the team. So um, I think Deserbi, he's getting the players punching well above their weight. They're not his players, so you know it's going to be interesting when he wants and he wants an input on the players, but he's not going to get one apparently. It's they're, they're selected elsewhere, and then it's up to the manager. But to walk in with Potter's team who's doing quite well, and then to actually put the afterburners on, turbocharge it, or hit boost, and look what they've done. And I really do hope, I really do hope they don't lose too many players this summer. I really do hope that the recruitment carries on to and that they can give teams a kicking next season. Obviously, not City, but they should, they're in a position now. <laughs> I would love this look at next season that Newcastle can be there, Villa can be there, Brighton can be there. And that's going to hurt, I think, poorer teams. That's going to, I think City will cope because we're good. Okay, it's going to affect Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, and um, Spurs. So City, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Brighton, top four next season, guys. I would, I'll take my shirts off and run around the Etihad if, if that happened. If City won the league next season and um, the Newcastle were and Brighton and Villa were in the top four, I would, I, I really would do it. And I'll k- kiss your ball, Bogs Bernard. <laughs> well, uh, Bernard, they they have done exceptionally well this season. It's a good manager. Uh, it's always going to be an attractive proposition for a, a player because it's a nice part of the country, uh, nice weather, and um, and they they they're they're definitely a threat. But we did we did uh, get the opening goal, and it shows you that um, uh, I don't know uh, about. Ray's opinion about City players uh, turning up with hangovers, but you certainly saw um, that thing that is that is quite exciting for me, and that is uh, um, Erling Holland making goals for players uh, when he's not scoring them. And so this was um, a goal created by Gundogan uh, for Haaland to go down the right and then pass to Foden. I think I got that right. Is that is that right? I think. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'll, just, I'll, I'll talk about Ireland. I mean, he'd missed a, missed a header that he should have scored with mm-hmm. uh, very early doors. I don't know what the hell happened. He just headed it over the bar, and then he he he, he sprung through and let the goalie smother it. He, his control was absolutely bang average. And if you're going to talk about the goal, which of course uh, Brighton has smacked the bar in the meantime because we kept giving them free kicks on the edge of the box. So we got away with that one. Um, I think Welbeck, wasn't it? Ray been talking about smashed the ball against the bar from a free yeah. kick. But uh, yeah, just before the goal, as I say, Foden slipped Ireland through and he, he just got caught by the keeper, did a good old-fashioned save at his feet. But Ireland just didn't, <laughs> he just wasn't good enough. And then when he did go down the right, the only thing I can say about Haaland is, yes, he passed it to Foden, but Foden still had stuff to do. You know, was that a lack of confidence 
in Haaland the fact that he couldn't score. It seemed very nice of him to do it and it worked out in the end. But uh, I just thought there was a, t- a total lack of confidence in what Haaland did and he got the assist and Foden managed to... I mean, the defender perhaps could have done a bit better <laughs> on the line. But yeah, uh, all credit to Haaland for the assist. But he'd had a pretty pretty rubbishy 25 minutes up to that point. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I'm going to jump in and totally agree. He, he, that header should have been on target. The, the chance was one-on-one with the keeper. He balls that up because he couldn't control it. And the four-on-one, he should have been scoring on his own because he was well clear. And he, he only passed the four because he balls it up. Yeah. And he allowed the keeper to narrow the angle. He allowed the two defenders to get behind the keeper to get on the line. And he but it wasn't he, easy for Foden. It wasn't easy for Foden to finish it. He didn't give him. He didn't give an easy tap in. <laughs> no, you're right. So I just think Haaland didn't have the the ball to do it himself. He, he cocked up twice, and this is it. He he goes through, and I'm noticing it now. This is the second time this season. I thought Haaland's not confident. He, well, he seems to be having nine out of ten games or five out of ten games. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what we get with Haaland. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Bernard. So. Yeah, it was nice, nice for him to lay the ball off to Fulham, but, <laughs> you know, uh, that's where my generosity stops. And, and I'll say, I think it was because he had no other alternative. Yeah, Bernard, it must have been probably about five minutes after that that uh, Brighton thought they got an equaliser of the young uh, Japanese fella, but apparently, <laughs> um, he, um, oh. apparently it was handball. Yeah, well, it was right in front of us, sort of at my angle where I was stood. And uh, I'll be honest with you, if the lad had been braver and not put his arm out to try and not stop himself getting hurt by falling down. If he'd been a little bit braver and just fell on it, he would have, he would have chested it in with the ball. It might have been a bit painful, but, you know, let's have a bit of, you know, let's show a bit of balls, guys. I mean, it, it, the fact that he stuck his hand out to stop himself getting hurt by falling over uh, hit the, did hit the ball. Uh, but I think he could have scored that without doing that. But obviously, I'm, I'm a, obviously a different pedigree perhaps to him. But uh, in the split second of it happening, I suppose we'll, we'll have to forgive him. But uh, yeah, I must admit, I, I thought he could have put that in without using his hand. He could have just just put his chest on it and rolled over the line with it. But uh, yeah, it was quite rightly ruled out because I think he, I think I never saw a playback of it, but it certainly looks as though it, his hand on the, at the moment he did it. And then, uh, Ray, uh, amazingly, a few minutes later, you've got this guy called Enchizo that used uh, John Stones as a training comb <laughs> and absolutely walloped one in. Um, and uh, it was a great goal that um, any City player should have been proud of. Well, it's a, great, a goal that any player at any level would have been ecstatic about. He just slammed it in, bit of curve on it. Uh, I said at the time... You could see the City fans behind the goal clapping as it went I in. Do, I, clap, I, I, I don't clap go away goals, but I literally, I, I looked at it, I thought, yeah, and I, I thought, was I clapping? I thought, yeah, I did. I just automatically clapped when it, when it went in. <laughs> I, I never have a problem. I mean, oh, okay, if it was Man United, I might not clap. Oh, no, definitely not. No, my hands are behind my back or, or somewhere no, else. No, no, if it was a Man United player, my hands would be uh, raised with, uh, I'd give, be giving a salute, but possibly. <laughs> um, um, no matter how good the goal was well maybe for George Best I might make an exception um, just simply because Mike's on the channel obviously uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's one of Mike's Mike's heroes George Best and Sami Nasri uh, Prince, Prince Nassim uh, put them in a room with Mike and uh, and a bottle of uh, <laughs> a bottle of baby oil Mike would be in this <laughs> Um, so it, was, it, it was such a wonderful goal. 
that you've got to applaud it. And, and you know, my dad was never had a team. He always just said, I like to see watch good football. And that's it. I don't care. I, I don't support a side. I just want to see good football being played. But even my dad hated Man United. <laughs> Yeah, well, cracking goal, cracking goal, absolutely superb goal. I mean, I, I just uh, all right, we perhaps could have closed it down a little bit better, but uh, you, you're not stopping that in a million years. It was, you know, it's simply done, just not, not no intricate football, just straightforward and thoroughly deserved at that stage. Not even Edison would have stopped that. To be released on level terms. Not even Edison would have stopped that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not even uh, Courtois would have stopped that. What about Alisson? Liverpool fans would tell me Alisson would have stopped that. Yeah, well, yeah, he might, he might have done a scissor kick and cleared it, probably. Um, by the way, guys, um, is that correct? What I, what I think I read that um, it's actually De Gea who's in the lead for the Golden Glove Award. Well, he's won it. For most, I think he's won it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's won that basically. Yeah. Well, um, Bernard, just before half time. Um, Brighton thought that they'd they'd got it one, and this was like an offside decision. It was Danny Welbeck. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I, I didn't even realise that was offside. I just thought, holy crap! The, 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 this is um, this is going to be an ignominious uh, finish for City this season. But it was offside. Yeah, it's the basics of football. Just keep it tight till half time. We've not had a great first half. Brighton were playing very, very well. Just keep it tight till half time, lads. And then that goal, obviously, where we were, we had no idea it was offside. We just thought it was a perfectly good goal. But uh, I don't know how far offside he was. And I never obviously saw the, back the replay, but uh, Ray might have done. But yeah, I mean, we were, you know, just, uh, and at 2 1, it wouldn't have been unfair. A scoreline. It would have been a pretty reasonable scoreline. Yeah, right. There, there must only been a yard in that, I think, because it looked good to me. What the Danny Welbeck one? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, offside's offside, Mike. Even if it's just by an inch, um, you know, inch, foot, a yard, three yards. Who cares? Offside's offside. Uh, Unless it's United, then it doesn't matter. You can't be offside in United. <laughs> as long as the right decision's made. Uh, you know, yeah, offside goal. I mean, that was um, objective because offside's offside. But the one that we had ruled out was obviously subjective. And I'm sure you're going to talk about the the, the, the Haaland goal that he did score. That was ruled out for, uh, uh, he had that little tug on the other player. We're going to talk about that. But um, just a few minutes later, uh, it shows you about the margins, doesn't it, Bernard? Because uh, Phil Foden... Oh, yeah. uh, had a had a uh, what was it like one inch to the yeah, I mean, top and one inch to the right? Yeah, he did everything right, didn't he? He did everything right apart from hit the net with it. He, you know, he added it back to the way it came. The goalie was never going to get him anywhere near it if it was in the top corner, and he was a little bit unlucky from distance as well. So yeah, un- a, bit, a bit unlucky with that. But I'd say that would have probably deserved to been if the other goal had counted as well. Probably you know two two at half time would have probably been a, a fair reflection of the game. Yeah, I mean uh, we were reeling a little bit, uh, Ray. They they were putting up a much stronger performance than we expected. Well, no, no, no. no. I think that's doing them a disservice because they're a good side. Yeah, they're we give them a chance. Side. We give them a chance by by our defence, of course. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention Ortega. I mean, the first first twenty minutes were were absolute panic. Uh, yeah. You know, reminding me of watching Zach Stefan in a, a couple of games when he was playing. Where at the back because because we had Rodri at centre half because we had uh, poor 
poor uh, Lewis on playing left back, which, you know, uh, all right, Pep, we know you've probably got problems. Uh, you know, Gomez was on the bench, etc., etc. But, you know, the defence didn't look comfortable. Uh, and obviously that gave Bra a good Brighton a chance yeah. to, you know, they didn't take advantage. I never, I never mentioned it earlier, but Rodri at centre-back, it's not for me. <laughs> not, for me. Well, he has played for us there before, hasn't he? But it was awful. He was, he was a shot. I mean, poor Rod. He was thrown under the bus again by Pep. He was thrown under the bus for this game, the Crystal Palace game, because I was there. We we beat them two 0 We had, can you remember Bernard? This was about it would have been pre-COVID, I think, or post-COVID. I can't remember now. Might have been post-COVID. Who the two centre backs? We went to uh, Palace. We beat them two 0 One of them was Rodri. Any ideas who the second one was? How long ago? Within the last three years, I think. Presumably not a normal centre-back. You're right. <laughs> you, you do Bernardo Silva? No, come on, behave yourself. Well, it would have been I'm more asking, for what he's playing. Yeah, I'm, there, yeah. I'm asking Bernard because he's actually got a chance of getting it right. <laughs> With all due respect. <laughs> it's an unusual one. That you would, same as Rodri, you wouldn't expect. Uh, I, can't, but, I can't think of it. Well, surprises. Well, no, Pep, Pep played them there because we knew we'd have so much of the ball that we wanted to start the attack quickly. We actually had... I'm trying Berner. To Sorry, Fernandinho. Fernandinho. And we had... who oh, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who was on the bench. John Stones was on the bench, I think, that day. And he didn't, you know, But Pep started with um, um, Fernandinho and Rodri at centre-back because he... Yeah, he, well, he, he played Ferner and emergency <laughs> centre-back occasionally, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that, that day it was different to, to against Brighton. Brighton a possession-based football. They're, if I'm right, in terms of possession in the top five leagues in Europe, they stand, is it fifth or sixth, in terms of possession? So uh, Palace, Palace would be looking to get 30%. You know, <laughs> and that was, that was the reason, because we could start our attacks quicker against Palace with Fernandinho and Rodri spraying it out um, and starting the attacks. Against Brighton, you don't want Rodri at centre back because because he's going to be under pressure. Well, you know they're going to you know put us under a lot of pressure. Uh, closing us yeah, down. Average, was it they're averaging over twenty shots a game out? It's something like yeah. that. I mean, they, they had twenty in this one. Us. They absolutely battered us. But look, uh, we were lucky we didn't lose that. We were very. At the end of the day, I think we were very lucky. If we'd beaten it, it would have been a smash and grab. If we'd won that, and we didn't. We didn't deserve to. And uh, uh, there's a combination of Brighton playing really, really well, which is what Brighton generally do. And City, you know, a few players probably had a, a few too many sherbets. And uh, they didn't want to press that button to step up a, a bit more. Um, we Look, we're still such a good side that we can win even when we don't play to the top of our game. And we almost did. So I think that's testament to how good we, we actually are. Well, Bernard, we almost did. Because about three minutes after half time, you had Erling Haaland rising like a salmon with another one of these scissor kicks that he does. But unfortunately, this one ended up in like Rosette. <laughs> did you see that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, we all, we, all, we all encouraged him and did the Haaland Haaland chant afterwards. But it was. Uh, it was absolutely not, never going to get anywhere in mean, the old onion bag. He, he even laughed at himself, I think, Ray. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. He was smiling. It was. It was a ridiculous shot. But look, you're not going to get them all right, are you? So, you know, if if he was, he'd have hundred goals this season. So, you know, you got to take a chance. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. It was. It wasn't uh, the. It wasn't the only one. I mean, I think. Um, uh, a few minutes later, I think Gundogan had a good smack from 
um, from uh, the right hand side that was just a little bit uh, wide. So City were 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 still giving it some, I think, uh, for the first five or ten minutes of the second half, uh, Bernard. Yeah, I thought, I thought the second half it was all right. I mean, obviously we lost Folden, didn't we? Folden was replaced quite yeah. early. Uh, and apparently he got a bit of a knock, so I don't know how bad. I'm not seeing the press conference. Oh, I assume it's fine. Can I quickly talk about that? It, it looked like it was Achilles. It looked like it happened about ten minutes before half time. The fact he stayed on and rather than coming off, he didn't. Take, you know, you thought if he's any risk, they'll take it as a precaution. Um, the fact he came out for the second half makes me think it's probably not too serious and they did take him off as a precaution. But yeah. if it was serious, then they're absolute fools to leave him on. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's perhaps knocking on the door for Pep's start in 11 at the moment. He's perhaps the only one of the guys from, his, say, the Real Madrid 11, if you like, that's got a chance of getting into, into the finals at this point in time. Uh, of course, Alvarez came on as well, didn't he, for KDB, who had a quiet game. I thought KDB was very, very quiet. Uh, but they, they'd done, they, they'd had a couple of a couple of goals as well. Uh, Palmer started very well, actually, when he came on, but yeah. then they sort of doubled up on him very quickly and he, he sort of struggled after that, apart from obviously when he supplied Ireland later on. But, uh, yeah, it was sort of end-to-end stuff without anything too uh, too obvious happening. And, of course, you had... Uh, I thought what the be- the best bit was that um, was it Van Heck who feigned injury after a collision yeah. with Alvarez and the ref just basically <laughs> told him told him stop being a mad ass get up which which he did uh, which is fair enough I think mean, that was the highlight of the first quarter of the uh, first half of the second half. Well, Ray Bernard is right. Uh, De Bruyne uh, came off uh, for Alvarez on the fifty seventh uh, minute, I think, and then on the hour hour mark you had. Um, Kyle Walker taking a dig. And um, I, I, this is a pop quiz, pop quiz for both of you guys. I don't know what you think, but every time that uh, Walker gets in a forward position and takes a shot, you know it's like it's going nowhere. But do, do either of you remember yep. an occasion when he took one of those shots and it went in? Yes, he scored an absolute blinder. Sheffield uh, United, wasn't it? Sorry? Scored against Sheffield United. Was it was it Sheffield United? Yeah, I'm sure it was. His old team. I'm going to pull up his record. He scored one Premier League. Oh, he's got a goal in the FA Cup. Sorry, he's got a goal in the FA Cup in the Premier League. He's not scored many for City. I'm not bothered about what he's done elsewhere. But he he, he normally gets half a goal a season. That's his average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll tell you what, if he, if he plays in this finals, the, the FA Cup, I, I'd drag him off. I'd, I would drag him off if he attempts to have a goal in an FA Cup. Or, uh, I mean, I'll be proved totally wrong now and he'll score from 30 yards. But, you know, I just I don't want him on the pitch taking well, those City, top shots. For City in the Premier League, he's scored three goals in six seasons. So, he's he's not prolific. Uh, not really. <laughs> <anything. laughs> Yeah, he's not. He's, 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 not some, he's not someone that you can put your money on. I mean, you can almost guarantee. But we thought we had it won, guys. It was uh, mm. like you know, things went on uh, a little bit back and forth, end to end. Seventy ninth well, minute. Exactly. They had another screamer, didn't they? Was it a stupid yeah. who shot from outside? From where we were, also was going in the top corner, an absolute scream, and it just went wide of the top, you know, the angle. Yeah, the, that, that was a, a, 
Uh, yeah, well, that was typical. That was thought, little... you know, we're getting beat by two, you know, two goals and two two fantastic goals. But fortunately, it just sort of went went over at the last minute. That was a, a, a great shot, but um, to use a cricketing analogy, it didn't trouble the scorers because they didn't have to consider it. But they did have to consider the one on the 79th minute. This is Holland, and uh, it, it it looks like an absolutely fantastic planted header past the goalkeeper from about six yards. That's a goal, but apparently it wasn't Ray. Well, he did he did um, foul the, the the defender, but and and, and it's an important but. This... What well, oh, you mean fouled him? You mean gave him a little bit of a love tap? No, he, he, he was t- he was tugging his shirt. He was tugging him. Um, and the thing is, the, the problem that everybody's got with this is the, the problem is if you're going to pull him up for that, there'll be twenty or thirty penalties a game. Now, the, the problem is if that's enough to deny the goal, then surely when you see that going on in a penalty box, it's enough to give a penalty. And the problem is it doesn't happen. That's the problem we, we've got with football. Um, and these penalty decisions, it they can be chalked up for chalked off something minute, something minor, okay? But they're not given for for exactly the same thing if the defender does that uh, the other way around. So I, I'm not happy about that. Um, you know, it, yes, he did pull his shirt, but people say, well, the fella pulled his shirt first. Ah, I don't know, but it, it's it's if it's a foul, then you fair enough. But if, as I said, if you're going to do that. If you're going to chalk it off, you've got to give loads of penalties. There's been so many penalties, uh, shouts we've had for City and others where they've been rugby tackled. And they won't get, oh, it's true. Liverpool, uh, Robertson on Sterling. That was a rugby tackle. You remember that. It was like four, four, five years ago. It was disgusting. Nothing. So mm-hmm. we, we're used to it. Um, it. We're used to these poor decisions. It's not VAR's fault. It's just poor, rank poor refereeing. Inconsistency. Bernard, this was um, this this was very very. Funny. Is, this is very the funny. thing is, he just probably didn't he probably didn't need to do it. But he's big enough. Yeah. He knows he's big and strong. He doesn't. But I think, as Ray said there, someone said to me that he's the actual other guy had started to pull his shirt first. So it's it was six six and a half dozen of the other. Obviously, he got caught because he's the one that got shown to the referee. But you know, he, he didn't need. To, it's a big. Like, he doesn't need to do that. But it's all right. The spur of the moment, these things happen. So. It's a shame he didn't do that header with the one he got in the first half. Similar sort of position where, you know, uh, Pitty didn't put that one away in the first half. But, yeah, he did very well. And all credit to Palmer. He beat his man, got a great crossing. Uh, and, yeah, from where we were, we were celebrating. We hadn't we hadn't seen the tug of the shirt, obviously, and we were a bit disappointed when VAR ruled it out. It's funny, uh, Ray, wasn't it? Because Pep's seen it all before. He's seen these decisions go one way and the uh, in the other across uh, all the different continents, but he was absolutely furious about this. He was doing one, like having an embolism on the on the sideline about this one. Um, was that justified? Oh, I'm not saying justified. I can understand the emotion because basically you've seen your team under. Let's be honest, under the cosh for long periods of that game. You've seen Brighton, you know, um, st- pretty much stifle us and, and, and then swamp us when we're going forward. And then you think you've won it near the end. And your emotion's going to come out. You, you, you're ecstatic. You're, you know, you're overflowing with joy for the, for the goal. And then it's, uh, you know, given against you. 
he might he probably thought it was for nothing. So I can understand him getting angry, but obviously you gain nothing by pushing referees or officials or you know there's no point. Did, did he push the linesman? Also, he took, he put his hands on him. Right. You know? Okay. I mean, from my, from my, you know, I watched, I saw it, and I saw him angry. I've already got lot, booked, didn't he? But I didn't. I'm not seeing it played back or anything. There's lots of different things you can do. You know, touch, touching someone. It could be what, like, what Mitrovic did. It could be what, like, what Paolo de Canio did to the referee years ago. It could be, and they got uh, punished badly. It could be what Robertson did or Bruno Fernandes did, and they got away with it. You know, so touching somebody has various degrees of. Um, <laughs> Well, right word, touchingness. Um, so, nah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not too fussed about Pep. It's a football's an emotional game. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, as long as you don't go over the top, I don't really think he did. I ain't fussed. Oh, obviously, it was close. Well, he should have been for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bernard, obviously, he he did get booked, and he had a face on him for about the next ten minutes. That you could, um, you could. Uh, you, you, you could certainly you could find on the internet anywhere. He was absolutely furious. But on the 85th minute, Bernard, this was the moment when Ray knew that the game was going to be won for us because um, uh, Ray's favourite players, uh, Gomez and Calvin Phillips, came on to replace uh, uh, Bernardo and uh, Johnny Stones. Mm. And that must have been the time when you, Bernard, and Ray must have been thinking, right, we're going to get it here. We're going to score the winner. But Bernard was leaving when they, then she came on. Put it this way, no one told the players on the pitch. It was from about after that incident. Uh, I think they both accepted a draw is enough because I don't think anyone really broke sweat after that incident. One souls two guys come on. I don't, certainly they didn't. <laughs> I don't think the guys who were on the pitch did. So I think Brighton and City were both happy. One uh, one, take the share the share the spoils. Brighton qualify for Europe comfortably. Uh, we'll call it a day there, guys. It was just, uh, that was it. It was game over. It was it was uh, g- <coughs> game over. It was quite funny actually because after um, Calvin Phillips came on, he launched into a tackle. I don't know if this is what we would uh, regard as overcompensation. I mean, uh, but if it, if if it had connected, he would have got sent off. That's for sure. Um, but um, obviously, it didn't connect, and uh, the game uh, fizzled out and ended up with a one-one draw. Brighton won, Man City won, and I, I was—I don't know about you, Ray. I was just—I um, think I was this—I had the same feeling as as you. I was just kind of thinking, I don't want to end the season like um, apparently the way Bayern Munich are doing, doing, uh, you know. Um, but getting, you know, stomped two or three nil by someone like Brighton, and that could have easily happened, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, look, they played well, they played really well, as I said uh, in the show. I wanted to finish with a good momentum, keep that run going. <laughs> well, don't speak too soon, mate. We've still got one game left, pal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I know, I know. And Brentford do have an outside chance of getting uh, Brentford have hardly ever lost a game at home this season, so uh, they're, yeah, yeah. they're no mugs. The thing is that Brentford are fighting for the uh, Europa Conference League. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be another toughie. Yeah, I wanted to finish the season strong. I wanted to finish at least 10 points clear of Arsenal. We're eight points clear. I want to beat them decisively. I want at least 90 points. To me, that's the minimum you need 
to beat Man City. You need, you know, I, I say the 90 point marker is where you need to be and where they're already. If we can win that last game, we get to 92. Still, very, very few teams have got over 90 points. Um, and I'd want to be, I want to put our name on that list again and, and win it convincingly so that when people look in the record books afterwards, there's no asterisks against City's name for all these uh, that people are saying for all these charges. I want to see people say, "Well, City won it comfortably, eight or ten points clear. They're that much better than everybody else because we are." Well, uh, Bernard, this is very interesting. Brentford are in ninth place. They've got uh, fifty-six points. They've won four out of the last five games, and unbelievably. They're 13 points ahead of Chelsea. This is not going to be easy. <laughs> well, I agree. I mean, where's the unbelievably 13 points ahead of Chelsea? Nothing unbelievable about that. Look at how Chelsea have been playing. It's, uh, well, I, I, I mean, before this season, you would have laughed at that statistic, but, you know. You know, Brentford this season have just gone about the business, haven't they? I mean, obviously, last year they had a great start and then they sort of petered out a little bit. So there are a lot of people's favourites to, to be struggling this season, but Franks has gone about it superbly. They've been playing some good stuff. Right? They've had a guy who uh, suddenly got banned all of a sudden, and we're, you know, we, uh, we don't want to talk about that, but they caught quite well last week without him at Tottenham, didn't they? They, they, they? He wasn't playing against Spurs last week, and they stuffed him. So, yeah, Brentford, have, uh, hey, I think they should be proud. Like, Brighton should be quite rightly proud. Of course, Brentford need... Uh, Villa and Tottenham not to do anything and they, they can get in this Europa Conference thing but no all credit to Brentford I, you know alright not quite as good as Brighton but it's depending on what team Pep puts out on uh, tomorrow as we're recording this um, <laughs> it's not going to be easy as I say we want to finish on a win but uh, at this point in time we'll have to might have set for 90 points Ray I'll set for 90 and a draw rather than uh, 92 I'd set for 90 a half decent performance yeah Ray, Brentford are one, only one point behind Tottenham. Yeah. They're only two points behind Aston Villa. Yeah. And they 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 are a serious uh, a serious proposition. But having said having said that and they got I, a chance I, I, I do you got, got a chance of doing a double, don't forget. They did stuff us at our place as well. Yeah, although I think one thing will I think the thing that um that uh, uh Bernard mentioned will come into play. Uh their lead striker is Ivan Tony, is that right? Ivan Tony is out, yeah, he's been banned. Yeah, he obviously did it did a bit of did a bit of um gambling, yeah. a bit like Paul Merson and has got I think he had a sentence reduced by about three months. But that should kind of like hurt them a little bit, but they're still a threat and they, they as, as Bernard said, they, they caught with it against Spurs last week. So, um, yeah, you know, they sh they'll shrug it off. They're, they're a good unit. Um, they've not let in too many goals, uh, but obviously he's a big part of what they do because he scored so many goals for them. But I think they'll put on a, an incredibly good uh, performance. And I think, it, you know, we've got our work cut out if we want to, you know, we let's put this way. We can't turn up, um, I think, and play the way we did against uh, Brentford like we did against Brighton and expect to win that game we have to step up uh, a little bit the worry on some, some quarters is that Pep's going to put an even weaker side out uh, I want to see Jack Grealish play because I think he needs some game time I want Harlan to start as well but I want to see Scott Carson play I think Scott Carson will get 
couple of minutes. But the, I, I, on, an, on an aside, the biggest, most important news of the summer, Scott Carson has uh, signed a, a new one-year contract at City. And Pep said he's so, yeah. he's so important to City, City behind the scenes. Yeah, Bernard, what did you think about that? Because he, he obviously seems to be a bit of an inspirational character. Well, we talked about it last the last pod, didn't we? I mean, I was hoping I'd get a call from Pep to go and be be a chuckle brother for the for the guys, give him the confidence, you know, because uh, that's what I wanted to do. And obviously, he's, I don't know how much he's on. Did he say how much he's on? Ray, did he quote any figures of what he's been paid? It, it's it's more it's more than we're on. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that does, that's not difficult, is it? But uh, no, it's it, well, you know, it is what it is. We we talked about it last week. I don't want to bang on about it. I mean, I I, I think it's a waste of a, a squad player, but a third keeper is probably a waste of a squad player anyway. Well, most most think- teams, it's just that obviously Scott Carson has other attributes, um, and obviously there's three keepers at every club, isn't there? So it's just how it is. Yeah. I, I think. Bombshell, Ray. Bombshell is 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 Scott Carson a waste of a salary? No, <laughs> but I think if I'm right, Richard Wright was on about a million pounds a year uh, when he was third keeper. So I, I guess you know ten or twenty thousand pounds a week. You know, no more than that. Well, nice well, work if you get it. a Champions <laughs> League winner, of course. So that that helps. Uh-huh. He'll 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 probably get half a half a game against uh, Brentford. Um, and um, yeah, wish him well. Wish him well. Okay, guys, let's talk, let's finish off by talking about um, the future. We've already talked about Brentford, but uh, what are your thoughts about these two pivotal games uh, that we're going to finish the season off with? Let's start with Ray. Well, n- nothing's really changed uh, since the last pod. Uh, the. Uh, Obviously, I'm sure we'll be doing a special before the FA Cup yeah, final, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Champions we'll, League we'll, final. We'll, we'll do something after Brentford anyway. But you no, know, the um, only reason I'm asking you is like is that a lot of journals are are bigging Man United up and talking about how great Eric Ten Hag is. And I was just well, thinking, well, well, well we can talk Atwell, about this. Atwell, Atwell's going to be ref, isn't he? The guy who let Rashford yeah. score his goal. So yeah. Atwell's a referee. So they've got a, they've already gained there. So they've they've got a plus point. Well, the bottom there. line is. Again, I'll say it again. If we turn up and play, put out an eight out of ten performance, we'll win both games. That's it. Um, you know, we'd have to be serious off our game. They'd have to be on the top of their game. They'd have to have a, a huge dollop of luck um, because we are far, far better. But you know, football's not one on paper. It's not one in your head. It's one out on the pitch. So anything can happen. Uh, but it, it does say something that all United have got to look forward to this season, really. I mean, yes, they won the Carabao Cup. Yes, they got the top four. But their main claim to the fame this season, what they want to shout about is we stop Man City winning the treble. I mean, that's where we are. Who's the noisy neighbour now? Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it, Bernard? Because after uh, the Manchester United uh, result, you had uh, Mohamed Salah putting out um, a tweet um, which uh, gained quite a lot of uh, controversy uh, about the fact that, of course, Liverpool have missed out on a, a European uh, a, a Champions League football, and they're, they 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 were all in this like all my friends on the Anfield rap were were going into meltdown, thinking that this was him, you know, making his uh, departure speech. Um, but uh, they they never really earned it. They were never really close to it, in in my view, and. 
Uh, I don't think that they've got anything to complain about, Bernard. No, they had a late run, didn't they? Like the, as Ray said, they're the team that can pick up uh, pick up these victories after victories. And of course, uh, a bit of a letdown last week, but it was probably all over by the time they played Villa. Got the draw last week uh, after a, a run of wins. And yeah, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it over the season. It's just, you know, that that's the basic of it. They didn't do enough for the season. It's 38-game season. They just weren't good enough to get into that top four spot and they'll have to suffer in the Europa League uh, alongside Brighton. So, you know, uh, well done, Brighton, <laughs> and commiserations to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, sad tears, guys, sad tears. Well, I'll finish off just by saying that I was... I was actually offered uh, a great deal on a, an Edin Dzeko shirt by uh, Mark McCarthy, but I decided not to buy it because it would be like a, a bad omen, um, I think, Ray, for the, the Champions League final. Yeah. Is he going to come back to hurt us? I hope not. <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> but look, anything can happen, Mike. We know that anything. So um, we'll wait and see, I guess. I'm not going to worry. I guess about it. we will. Look, same thing again. There's so much um, about City that's so good that um, I'm not going to worry about Edin Dzeko coming back to haunt us. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. It's just just something that's um, going on in the back of my head here that I can't get rid of. But uh, anyway, I think we'll finish there. That that's a good a uh, good point to uh, finish, and we'll guys, we'll be back with you after the next game. But um, we'll stop here and finish off in the normal way by uh, inviting uh, Ray and Bernard to Up the Blues. So have one us, guys, and Up the Blues! Up the Blues! <laughs>